0: Thanks for tuning in to localjobnetwork.com radio, where you can find all of your favorite employment-related shows. I'm your host, Katie Chesney, and you're listening to Job Search Guide, a show where we give tips and tricks from experts on how you can land your next job. And today, we're talking about error-free resumes. And as you know, your resume is a tool, and it's a vehicle that takes you to where you want to go, which is your job interview. And joining us today, we have Terry Lively. She is a writing and editing professional, and she's going to walk us through the process of how to have an error-free resume. So, Terry, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your experience with writing and editing? Sure, Katie. Thanks so much for having me
1: on. I started in sales years ago at a Mm -hmm. small radio station in uh, Kansas City, where they gave me the phone book for my client list. Oh, (laughs) lovely! Selling radio ads, yes. So from there, I graduated to uh, video production, and Mm -hmm. then next, local cable advertising, and then finally, I ended up at a direct mail company here in California. Okay. I realized that this career path isn't glamorous. These jobs did afford me the opportunity to write for clients in all types of media. Mm -hmm. So I started Lively Copywriting uh, about four years ago, and I've been a freelance writer and consultant ever since.
0: So in your experience throughout your career, um, what kind of process did you have for editing and proofreading your resume or really any just kind of communication, whether you know, it was a blog post, resume, an email that was more formal? What was your process?
1: I would have to say first and foremost, if you want your writing to be professional mm-hmm. and effective, you have to read every day and all the time. <laughs> Now, I know some of your listeners might be groaning right now, but it's the truth. The best way to be a better proofer is to know the rules in the first place. And the most fun way to learn those rules is to read. And that can be anything. It could be business books. It could be other emails. It could be blog posts. Whatever you're interested in, the more you read and the more exposure you have to the language, the better tools you're going to have once you sit down to proofread. And that is an important part of any proofreading process. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Now, what do you think causes these errors, whether it's a typo or a grammatical error? Do you think it's just people, you know, rushing and not taking the time to really slow down and proofread while they're working? Or do you think it might just be a a lack of knowledge of, you know, what the true grammar and punctuation rules are?
1: Honestly, Katie, I think it's every single one of those things you just mentioned.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: When I'm super grouchy about typos, I swear that it's gremlins. But... (laughs) That moment will pass, and then my rational side kicks in. But like you said, I think the biggest cause of typos is not seeing what you really wrote when you read it. Mm -hmm. That haste causes many of the typos you see. You see what you thought you said and not what you actually said. Right.
0: Now, when you publish something and you notice a mistake, and I do this all the time, I'll send an email and then I'm reading it again to myself and I notice like I'm, I notice a mistake and it drives me nuts. And I feel like everyone does that. So what can you do after you've sent something out with a mistake in it? Should you just kind of leave it be and hope that no one notices? Or is it something that you should address?
1: I think it's something that you address. But I, I think it's hysterical that you mention that because Grammarly.com put out a slide about this that said, I do my very best proofreading after I hit send. Yes. (laughs) And it's true. (laughs) It's true. Everybody's like, oh, no, how could I not, you know, see that mistake? When I publish something and I notice a mistake, the first thing I do is question whether I have the skills to make it as a writer or, and then I do some serious soul searching, but then I fix it. Mm -hmm. And um, that's the beauty of so much of what I write being digital, particularly in the case where you're putting a digital resume or you put up a blog post that's related to your industry, kind of a content marketing situation, much of that's digital. You can go in and fix it right away. You uh, have sent a resume off, and it's, it's a glaring error. You can use it as an opportunity to be self-deprecating to the person that you sent it to and say, oh, I just noticed that I said, like, what I really meant was blank, mm-hmm. and um, I guess the gremlins got the better of me today, or whatever. You know, just make a joke about it, and most people will understand because they have also hit send and then proof after they sent it as well. Now, printed material. Printed material is another matter entirely. And how you fix it depends on the gravity of the mistake and the budget you have at your disposal. I Mm -hmm. have found that printers are far less sympathetic about your need to reprint because you missed a typo. So you have to consider, you know, is it worth it to reprint it? Is it that bad that you need to go back? Now, with resumes, yeah because it's probably not a big deal, you're probably going to print it on your desktop printer. Mm -hmm. But, you know, printed materials, brochures, books, you know, any of the corporate collateral materials, that's something that You have to look at your marketing budget and decide. You
0: know, you explained your career earlier on and in your experience throughout your career. Why do you think it's important to send a resume free of errors other than just to make a good impression and to make it seem like you you know the grammar rules and everything? Is, Is there other reasons why it's so important to not have any mistakes in your resume?
1: There are several reasons. Mm -hmm. The the most important of which is what you said, to make a good impression, absolutely. Mm -hmm. No matter what, when you read a typo, it takes you out of the story you were telling. And this is true whether it's a book or a blog post, a brochure, or even an email. So on the resume, you're telling the story of your experience. And you want your experience to be what the person remembers, not that you don't have sufficient attention to detail to catch the typo they just read. So, yes, you definitely want to have a resume free of errors. Studies have shown that people that have fewer grammatical errors in their LinkedIn profiles mm-hmm. and um, their printed materials rise to a much higher level in their career. The correlation, you know, is, is what it is, but it's a fact that if you have that kind of attention to detail, it's going to show up in your resume as well.
0: Right, and I really like the example you gave of, Your resume is actually, it's telling a story. It's telling the story of who you are. So it's important that you don't have any errors in there to interrupt the story. Now, I read an article you wrote about typos and in it, you shared several tips. So I just wanted to kind of discuss those tips and kind of give our listeners um, some things that they can take back and apply to their experiences. Now, the first tip that you shared was know your shortcomings. So what do you mean by that?
1: Now, if you know that you always put ITS when it should be IT apostrophe S, which is mm-hmm. one of my mistakes I make a lot, then you can go through and circle every one of those that shows up to remind you to look at those because it's an error you make all the time. Right. If you know your problems, you have a much better chance of catching them in your work. And that is one that slips through a lot of word processors, the it's and it. it they don't always catch that one. Another one that that happens to me, and I'm sure it happens to your listeners too, is I type the word form Mm -hmm. when I mean from. Right Now form is not misspelled, so word is not going to catch it. So again, you just go through, you circle that word, you know that every time you see the word form or from, circle it, and then you can look at it to make sure it was either supposed to be form or from. Right. knowing your weaknesses really helps you catch them.
0: Mm -hmm. And I do that as well, except for me, it's word and world. Whenever I use either or, it just somehow ends up as the other word. just baffles me. No, the second tip that you had mentioned was to print it out. Why does that work, and what about the trees?
1: <laughs> and I hear you. I don't want to destroy the trees either. But what printing it out does is it allows you to see your work differently. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing it on a screen. You're reading on a screen. You wrote it on a screen. Now you're proofing it on a screen. If you put it on paper, you're seeing it in a different format and it will help make a switch in your brain from, you know, reading what you thought you wrote to what you actually wrote. So that's why I think that works. Now, I do realize it's bad for trees and um, one of my readers of that article you read Mm -hmm. um, shared a great tip and she said to change the font style and size. And I think that would have the same effect. Mm -hmm. Say you always type in Arial switch it to Times New Roman, and say you always do 11 point. switch it to 15 point. Maybe put double spacing on it, and then you're looking at it, it looks different than how you created it, and you have a better chance of seeing what you actually wrote.
0: Right. I've, I really like that. As someone who does a lot of writing and proving myself, I haven't tried that, so I think I'm going to go back and try that my, on my own and see how that works. Now, if you've printed something out and you notice a mistake, then you go back and you fix it. Should you print out another copy and just kind of read through that copy to see if anything else is going to jump out at you or just stick with your first original copy?
1: I think you should do it until you're comfortable and confident that you've caught them all. If mm-hmm. that means you need to print it a few times, use recycled paper. You know. Right. <laughs> but, but the important thing is, is that you, you need to feel confident that you caught everything. And if mm-hmm. there's any insecurity there at all, then go ahead and do it again. Eventually, you're going to feel comfortable that you got them all.
0: Right. And speaking of insecurities, your third tip was to read it out loud. And I absolutely hate reading anything out loud. I hate listening to myself. And I feel like a lot of people in the world feel the same way. So why is this so important? And why does it work? And what does it do for you when you're, you know, reading your resume?
1: Well, I think the main reason that we miss the typos, like I said earlier, is because we see what we meant to say instead of what we really said. So Mm -hmm. when you read it out loud, you are forced to say what is actually written instead. When you're reading out loud, you are going to see that form or that from and realize that it wasn't the one that you meant. And it isn't until you read it out loud that you see it. And I think that reading it out loud has been one of the most effective ways for me to catch things. Mm -hmm. Now, another tip from that article my readers had was to read it backwards. And this oh. will have the same effect, yeah. So if you hate listening to yourself, this might be a better option for you, Katie. <laughs> Start at the end and work backwards. And again, you're looking at it in a new way, and then you see, you see the mistakes that you missed first time around or mm-hmm. second time around. That sounds like a
0: good idea. There's, now, there's two alternatives there. If you don't like reading out loud, read it backwards. And your fourth tip was to sleep on it is, you know, sleeping on it. This just kind of creates a fresh pair of eyes, gives you, you know, new day, new perspective. So why is that fresh pair of eyes so important when you're editing and especially your resume?
1: I think they're essential to any good proofing. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's honestly better to have someone else read it. but That isn't always possible when you write all the time. Right. When you sleep on it, I believe your brain has a chance to distance itself from the creation of your resume. Mm -hmm. And then when you come back to it the next day, you can approach it, the document with a finishing set of eyes instead of creating set of eyes. And I think when you're finishing, you're accessing different parts of your brain to review it and you will see the errors that you missed when you were creating it.
0: Just to kind of switch gears a little bit, you mentioned uh, Grammarly. So, for those of um, our listeners that aren't familiar with Grammarly, could you just kind of give us an overview of what that is? Because I know that was your um, the last tip that you had shared in your article was to use a resource kind of like Grammarly.
1: Grammarly is like a souped-up version of what your word processor will do. So, say mm-hmm. you use Word for writing your resume, it will correct errors, it will bring up questions, it will highlight different things, and You know, if you use it a lot, you see that sometimes it suggests things that are a mistake. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that makes you feel a little less confident with it. An online grammar checking site, you take your document and you post it into their screen, and it will do the same thing, only it can ask different questions, has different algorithms to come up with things that could be a potential error. So mostly what I've been using to this point are my word processing programs.
0: Mm-hmm. With Grammarly, is that a free resource or is it just kind of like a trial basis or do you have to pay for it? Or
1: Well, there is a seven-day free trial with Grammarly. So if you were writing your resume, you could then you know, use that trial. And then if you find that it's effective, then you can go ahead and subscribe to it. They do uh, monthly, quarterly, and annual rates for that. For what I do, that's a good investment. Mm-hmm. That might not always be true for everyone that, that's using the site. So.
0: Right. And if a computer just isn't, doing it for you, whether, you know, it's just not your preference. You had mentioned that having um, friends and family review your resume might be a good idea. What kind of suggestions do you have for kind of approaching those people and, you know, laying it out for them as far as, you know, what you want to get from the whole experience?
1: Well, I would give it to people, first of all, that you know aren't worse at grammar than you. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's a good point. Secondly... You want to send it to them and say, listen, I am applying for this job. I I really want to tell my story of my experience. Can you read this over and tell me what you think when you finish reading my resume? And then they will naturally see any typos that you don't see because it is the first time they are looking at it. Mm -hmm. But then also they can also help you with your communication effectiveness. Well, I didn't really get the impression that you were looking for an X kind of job. If that's the kind of job you want, then maybe you ought to. And then they'll have new suggestions for you that you hadn't considered.
0: Now, kind of on the wavelength of suggestions, do you have any suggestions for proofing things like dates and numbers? Those are things that are always going to be on a resume, whether, you know, it's your dates of employment or percentages and numbers that you've used to demonstrate growth. How do you proof those just to make sure that they're
1: right? Well, I would employ the same kind of technique that you use when you know it's a shortcoming of yours. Mm -hmm. I would go and circle every date, circle every dollar amount. I think it's important to make sure that those are absolutely accurate because these mistakes will not only be noticed, but they could possibly make your interviewer suspicious about their authenticity when they're inaccurate. They'll mm-hmm. think, oh, did they just make these numbers up? Why aren't these right? You know, are these dates even real? You know, so those kind of facts are critical. So circle them. Circle them and double check them.
0: That's a good tip. Circle and double check. Now, unfortunately, we are up against the clock today, but I want to give you the floor to share any final tips or pieces of advice about having an error-free resume and what you can do to achieve that.
1: Well, you know, I think an error-free resume is not impossible to have. Mm -hmm. Like all things, it's going to take time and effort to find those elusive typos. If you rush, you will miss it. And you might also miss a great opportunity for your career. But if you take the time, you will find it and likely find the career that makes you happy instead of the one that just keeps you employed.
0: Well, there you have it. And with that final piece of advice, that closes us out for today on Job Search Guide. So just want to thank you, Terry, for joining us and sharing your expert advice. We do appreciate it. Thank you, Katie. Now, to find more employment-related shows, head over to aljandradio.com. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for future shows, please send me an email at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Additionally, we are on Twitter, so you can send us a tweet at the LJN. And once again, I'm your host, Katie Chesney with LJN Radio, and I'll see you next time.